This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of a WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. What's up? Just enjoying October. October 2nd today, and we are right in the middle of our horror extravaganza. Well, it is, it is actually Friday the 13th. Is it not? <laughs> it is wink, an wink. <laughs> yeah, I actually posted a previous Friday the 13th episode in which we discussed part three back in the autumn of 2019. So if you have automatic downloads set up, you probably noticed I posted a whole bunch of episodes and may or may not have pissed you off. <laughs> it just downloaded seven new episodes. We, we did warn you on a recent episode. It would be happening. We did. Although I think I'm going to pause putting more of the back catalog on until getting towards the end of the horror extravaganza. Probably post a bunch of them over the winter when we're not doing as many episodes around Christmas time. But anywho, Brett spoiled it. We are talking Friday the 13th, part two today. And to help us celebrate Friday the 13th, we have with us from the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast, Mr. Stuart Bulk. Good morning. Can I help you? John Holmes, uh, Mr. Marengo asked me to come. Hey, hey, hey. It's Jason Day. <laughs> Happy Jason Day. <laughs> it is. Uh, we had you on last year to discuss the original, and we all kind of talked about how it didn't really hold up, and isn't that great? Well, I, I was not on that episode. That's right. You were sick. You were sick. I was dying. <laughs> Probably COVID, but I didn't test. So I don't know for sure. He actually found the Mary Millington poster. I've got. Like, nah, I got better things to do to talk about that shit film. Yeah, you are not using your video capabilities for the Zoom meeting. You're just giving us a nice uh, few pictures of Mary Millington for us to stare mm-hmm. at instead of better your to look at than fucking rough aid. <laughs> On that episode, you talked about how part two is your favorite. So, of course, we had to have you back to discuss part two. We'll find out if it's still your favorite. Uh, Brett, you weren't on for the original Friday the 13th. Have you revisited it in the past year or so? No, I I didn't. Okay. (laughs) I didn't bother watching it. I didn't bother. I've been going to AEW shows. (laughs) Things to do with my time. (laughs) You're not far off. This is true. I I had to catch up on two weeks of wrestling before last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's when it's twelve hours a week, it's it's a, a bit of a challenge. Jesus, I'll tell you a really good hack to that is a thing called the FF button on your remote. <laughs> when there's a really lame match going on, which there will be, you can use that button and it speeds up things so you can gain some time back. The problem right. is I, I watch it when I'm uh, 
working from home, but <laughs> I've been stuck in hours and hours of meetings the last few weeks, and so I, I can't do it uh, at the same time. So it's a it's a real nuisance to my schedule. This uh, paid work. So you're saying you you are being employed and paid, yet you're watching wrestling at home at times while you do don't it tell anybody. I multitask. We'll, we'll say that, but I, I can't do it if I'm on the phone at the same time. It, it it doesn't work. I'm multitasking now. Anytime there's a wrestling pay per view, uh, Brett will take off the following Monday plus maybe the the Friday before to a catch up on AEW or you know WWE that he missed in the past couple of weeks. Just watch it for like twelve hours straight. <laughs> I don't have that much PTO. <laughs> I'd, I'd be taking so many days off if I had to do that. Well, I can't remember the last pay-per-view you had that uh, you didn't take a, a day off. Uh, there were two pay-per-views this last weekend, and uh, the lawyers and I took time off on Fridays because we recorded on Friday. Well, we didn't record during the day. When you yeah, took I had to go <laughs> use my A-list. <laughs> so what do you do when you watch a pay-per-view? Do you sit there and analyze each match and then have a whiteboard with no. bullet points of everything that's happened. That's how you no, spend I, your... Oh, okay. I, in fact, I forget what happens, and I'm glad they do recaps. <laughs> yeah. He's saving that for when I start a whole network and he gets his own wrestling show. I'll, I'll, by that point, I'll just do the Jim Cornette, and I'll, I won't watch it, but I'll talk about it every week. <laughs> And then I'll say it sucks because I didn't watch it. <laughs> Good way to save time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's pose this question to our guest. When did you first see Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? What did you think of it then? What do you think of it now? I saw this in theaters. Myself and my dad and mom and my brother all went to watch it together as a family. So you're about ten. No, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Porky's was a, was a family film for you guys. Porky, Porky's was a rental, actually. Yeah, we all watched that as a family. And that was about a year before this, right? Or was it about uh, the same about year? a year after? Yeah, Porky's was a year after. Um, we saw First Blood actually as a family together, though. That is a true story. <laughs> the theaters. <laughs> well, there's only one death was... in that whole movie, so not that bad. No, yeah, but there's also you know, Rambo getting his bloody stomach <laughs> cut open with a fucking knife by the by the Viet Cong man. So it was pretty grisly. I actually, I actually remember the date of that. That was Valentine's Day, 1983. We went to that movie. It's our mum and dad celebrated Valentine's Day by taking us all to watch First Blood as a family. <laughs> um, but I would have seen this on VHS. We got our first VHS player about 84. I was still in the old house. 84 i think we got it so this would have been one of the first rentals for sure so i want to say probably at 85 i first saw this one maybe 84 but i was definitely 12 or 13 when i first saw it was it love at first sight yeah pretty much it's a trim 80 minutes 84 minutes whatever it is it, it goes by really you take out the recap it's 80 minutes <laughs> yeah if you, it depends if you count the recap or not 
Well, you can talk about your recaps of the WWE, so I count it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, they were clever with the recap in this one, doing it as a dream sequence, whereas in future ones, they're just like, here's how the last one ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, it's not as bad as, oh, what is it? The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, where it's, <laughs> you know, is it? No, sorry, Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, where it's about 25 minutes of recap of the first one. Oh really? Which is absolutely. Ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't seen part two yet. Yeah, I haven't, haven't either. But uh, yeah, I I saw it about probably. I'm probably gonna say about eighty four. I think it was. It was very early in the piece. That. Uh... No, actually, we got our first player in eighty three. I'm sorry. They want to say eighty four at the very latest. It would have been sometime in there. And yeah, I thought it was it was great straight away. But actually, he's a um. Here's a side piece as well. I actually thought the first one was better than the second one back as a teenager. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think that way now as an adult. Sure. Yeah. And nearly, 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 nearly got in to see Friday the 13th Part 3 when it came out in theatres, but mm. we were just a bit too young. No. Access denied. So we Part 4 was... then you were there? That was '85, I think, for part four. No, I'll, here's something never saw a Friday the 13th movie in the theaters ever. Mm. None of them, they were all just rentals on VHS. Um, even the one, the 2009, nope, mm. the the remake, whatever you want to call it, that was a no. And um, did I see Freddy versus Jason? No, just trying to run through. No, I've seen no Friday the 13th movies in the theaters. Yeah, I don't think even. I want to say after part four, none of them got a theatrical release here. They all went straight to VHS. Huh. What about Jason X? That may have done. I know Freddy vs. Jason definitely got one. But uh, uh, do you count that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it counts. It's in the box set. <laughs> you got to finish the continuity from Jason Goes to Hell, right? Sets it up. What is that one? Is that one that's mainly Freddy or mainly Jason? It's mainly Freddy, isn't it? Freddy what? versus Jason? Yeah, there's one it, they go, oh, it's got way too much of this and little, too, too little of that. It's both. It's about equal. It's about equal, isn't it? I haven't seen yeah. that film forever. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a fun fun watch. Yeah. I think I might have seen the remake in theaters, but that's it, in 09. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them in theaters. The uh, Freddy, uh, yeah, Jason takes a hostage Friday thing. No fucking mm-hmm. way. Stupid. Jason <laughs> hides out in his underground tunnels, like the Viet Cong. Hold the hold the chick there for three weeks. Get out of here. He's not doing that. <laughs> now, maybe if it was Mary Millington, you would, but it's not a plausible scenario in a Jason movie. Or maybe Amy Steele in uh, his mother's sweater. Yeah, actually, that could work. There's some fan fiction right there that could work. We got to rate these girls as well later on in the film because these are the. <laughs> These are some of the best looking ones in these. In this well, I hope you're not going to rate the 16 year old. No, 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 oh, <laughs> no, no, no. She's um, if you've seen her now, anyway, she's batshit bat nuts. She's oh really? Yeah, she's not, yeah, she's not the best. Which one was the 16 year old? Just, just for clarity. Sake. The one where you're thinking, oh, she's going to have a nude scene, and then she doesn't. <laughs> and she initially did, but they had to erase the the yeah. Uh, Paramount found out after they filmed it. Oh, she's 16. Whoopsies. Yeah. Oops. Was it Sandra? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. 
But uh, yeah, even then, she was she was not as good as some of the others in this. That's what. Yeah, the the Mickey Mouse T-shirt is everything to me. Ooh, I love to jump on hot bones. Mm. <laughs> okay. You didn't enjoy the Mickey Mouse T-shirt. It's Mickey Mouse. What do I give a fuck? No, she looked incredible in it. That's why I like it. She looked even better with it off. So I don't really care about Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's just a, a means by law in my book. It was a great preamble, you got to admit. Well, yeah, it was. I, it was. But uh, so does this hold up? Is it still your favorite of the franchise, you think? Yes. Still, huh? You weren't disappointed at all? Nope. I've seen this film <laughs> that many times. It's one of those ones that can just stick on and just watch it straight through from start to finish no fast forwarding nothing just it it really zips by for me and um yeah it'll it'll all i think it'll always be my favorite because some of the ones even come close will never surpass it part three is the one that comes closest for me to this but it still won't beat it mm. part four part four is one that i really liked as well when i rented the vhs and for years after then when i watched the game i think about three years back ago wow this is bad this is really bad this is getting way too much love than it should be but that's just my opinion yeah i haven't i've only seen four once and that was several years ago and i did like it at the time but but there's some others in there as well that i actually didn't like that i do like part five is one where i thought this is crap mm -hmm. when i first saw it when i rented out the tape now it's stupid, but it's still fun. It's a fun watch. Part six, I like a lot. Yeah, I think part six is my favorite. A lot of I've heard that from a lot of people that uh, it's way up there, if not their favorite. So, yeah, I like six a lot. I like the two, three, and four. I like a lot. Six, mm -hmm. I like a lot, and seven, I like quite a bit too. I even enjoy the charm of eight, as as dumb as it is. Jason takes Manhattan. A lot of people shit in that film, but I do like it. To me, the the really the real Friday the Thirteenth uh, series is part one through to part eight. Nine I don't like. Ten is okay. Mm -hmm. Freddy versus Jason is okay. The remake is abysmal. Although you, there is a caveat to that, though, because the first twenty minutes of the remake is some of the best Jason you'll see in the entire series. Wouldn't you agree? Decent. I would say some of the best, but decent. Not that it's not undone by the following 70 minutes, but... <laughs> no, exactly. I mean... But it's pretty incredible that when you see that first 20 minutes, like, God, this is going to be incredible. And then and he's hiding in the tunnels. The Viet Cong. You never know where he's going to pop out. <laughs> he's, he's like Michael Myers in part five where he becomes Rainbow all of a sudden swimming through the stream. <laughs> Uh, Brett, what say you? Uh, this is your second time seeing it? At least third. Third? Okay. Yeah. So you, you first saw it about, I think, four years ago when you went through the series? Uh, about six years ago, I watched uh, two through eight. Hmm. I might have watched the first one again, too. But uh, that was the first time I watched them. I, I marathoned them one weekend. Um, and then two years ago, I got the... Shout Factory box set with all of them through yeah. the remake. And then uh, I was watching those and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street set. 
in chronological order. So um, this is yeah, at least the that. third time I've seen us. Did you watch any of the special features for this one for that box set? No. Because I know they have a lot of extra footage. Not the nude scene you're thinking of, you perv. <laughs> That's ah. Yeah. That's But they have the the girl in question and her boyfriend when they're having sex. You know, they get speared mm. uh, while they're having sex there on the bed. There's a much more graphic scene. Uh, it's more drawn out, and because they kind of cut it off because they didn't make a lot of cuts to this to keep it R. She was already getting speared, Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. But apparently, uh, that and some of the other scenes are uh, longer and extended, and they show everything in the. Shout factory box. She already had. had something that was longer and extended. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't watched any of the, the special features. There's so much in that box set of special features, it's crazy. It'll take you hours to get through. I have that shitty uh set with the, the first eight films on Blu ray, and even that has a lot of special features that I haven't really dug into, but. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely need to get that Shot Factory box set. Any of you guys got the Camp Crystal Lake documentary series to this thing that is? is it, uh, no? I think it's Lake included Memories. on the special features with um, both sets, I think. It might be, no. but I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen That's it. Not. No, no, it's not. I can assure you it's not there. It's done by a different company altogether. So it's a... Uh, different release but if anybody is a fan of the friday 13th series and they haven't seen the crystal lake memories i think it's called which is about a seven and a half hour documentary series it is insane everything you want to know about that series you'll get in that and also the book called crystal lake memories by peter brack i think his name is that is insane i know we discussed some of this in the episode last year but like it bears repeating i forget what your take was on the show did you watch the show i think i watched bits here and there but i didn't care for it at all that, that was out of the about the same time as the nightmare on elm street series was yeah. out, correct but i've heard yeah. better things i think about um with the nightmare on elm street series versus the friday the 13th series it should never be made into a series either of them it was just absolute what it was just a, a cash in that's all it was. It was it was an anthology type series. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a Tales from the Crypt, but with the with the Freddy one. It was just basically, it was Tales from the Crypt meets Elvira when she would present the movies. But basically, Elvira was was Robert England as Freddy, so he would be there at the start, at the end, if memory recall, if memory serves me properly. Yeah, it was not. It was not good. Well, the Friday the Thirteenth film series was going to be an anthology series, but the ending of Part One just tested so well. They thought, well, let's bring back Jason. And also, originally, it was going to be Jason in a hospital. <laughs> mm. Until Halloween Two came out, and they saw that wasn't so. That's good. the thing is, because like, Halloween Two yeah. was what nineteen eighty, eighty one, eighty one, eighty one. So this was eighty two. So yeah, I think they kind of thought, you know, <laughs> a little too recent mm. to do another yeah, or a slasher in a hospital going after the heroine from the first one in that series. 
Although, from what I've heard, is that Halloween 2 was originally meant to be in an apartment block, mm. which that would have been really interesting. So it's basically Michael chasing uh, Laurie Strode. But then everyone in the yeah. apartment building gets together and they get a rabble going and <laughs> evil dies tonight. It gets starts getting shouted get, around. They get killed by Michael. So yeah. <laughs> they, they attack some guy who's about five foot five and bald and fat. <laughs> get him. It's Michael Myers. <laughs> the rednecks. There he is. That's him. But I will say this. I will say this before we start. Uh, did we rate the series of films last time? I think we did, didn't we? I think we did. I think we give our ranking. I don't think we rated them all, but we. I think Always, we, ranked... we said what we thought was best, what was worse, what was yeah. right. Yeah. So, Brett, it was. Uh, you liked it about the same as the first time you saw it, or second time? I think it holds up. Yeah, it holds up. Definitely a blueprint for the rest of the series. Kind of lays down the groundwork for what's to come after. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. I uh, tweeted out that archived Friday the 13th Part 3 episode that we did four years ago. And I said that was the Goldfinger of the Jason series. But this one, it comes close. <laughs> <laughs> Solidified the formula with Part 3 and he gets his mask and everything is the same after that. That's interesting you raise that because I was talking to my son's couple of nights back about this i said oh, i was watching friday 13th part two again for this recording and one of them said that's the one where he's got the sack on his head right the burlaps i said yeah the burlap sack yeah you know i said you know what i bet you none of your generation would even know jason pre hockey mask mm-hmm. they'd be watching these two films looking for him with the hockey mask and he ain't there right i i was thinking the same thing like, and if pe- they watch people who one. don't yeah people who don't actually see these movies just assume that jason is in there with the hockey mask from part one and if you were to get say 20 people and you said to them i'm holding a party you've got to come dressed as jason from friday the 13th that's the only stipulation you've got to come dressed as jason from friday the 13th they would all come with the hockey mask the one coming with a burlap sack would be in his, his or hers 40s, I promise you. Yep. Because automatically, it's just they register, Jason hockey mask, that's it. Yeah. Yep. But for me, I prefer this look of Jason more. Don't dislike be- the hockey mask, but I do like this one with the with the sack or the one eye. I think it's, um, I think it looks killer, pun intended. You'd get one <laughs> wise ass showing up as the, the Jason from the end of part one. <laughs> <laughs> Some skinny kid who's just shaved his head. <laughs> I was I was thinking when watching this, what if so you know they do the we'll get to it, but in the campfire scene, the, the guy pops out wearing that uh that rubber mask. Yeah. What if they did the Jason pulling that mask and putting it on like they do in part three with the, the hockey mask, and that became his mask for the rest of the series. You think he would have been as iconic? <laughs> no, I don't reckon. Definitely not. Looks like a Zulu mask. No, I don't. No, no. The hockey mask was right, just like Michael Myers' one where it was what the Wim Shatner mask, but they did some alterations to it. They got it right. So I, I can't. 
I can't see that uh, being a being a thing that would have worked. So instead of ripping off Halloween two, they just rip off the town of the dreaded sundown. Yeah, pretty much. With his overalls and his plaid shirt. Going after all the kids that are in um what do you call it? Um Texarkana. Well no. <laughs> Texas that is correct. Yes, Texarkana, but like Lover's Lane. That's what I was trying to think of. The oh. term Lover's Lane. Attacking all the couples that are necking down uh uninhabited roads and whatnot. If they made a new Jason film now, he'd be classed as an incel if he did that. Well, I think that they did that in 09. <laughs> so that's he why he took that hostage. for Elliot Rogers. <laughs> that's why he had to have a hostage. <laughs> yeah. Make all them bitches pay. <laughs> okay, let's get into the details. On a June night in 1980, Friday, the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday, the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday, the 13th, part two. Directed, of course, by Steve Miner, who was the AD on the first one, right? Um, Possibly, can't remember. He was on Last House on the Left as well. Mm -hmm. Some sort of technical crew. Yeah, Cunningham didn't want to come back. That's a whole other story. I mean, Cunningham and his involvement with Friday the 13th, just it's so messy and goes up and down and he hates the series. He wants the series back. You you never know what to believe with him. But Was it uh, A24 got the rights now or some shit? Oh, no. No, they were shopping. Well... That may be going to make but... a TV series. Well, no, that's that's yeah. Halloween. No, I thought Friday the Thirteenth did it too. Did they it were, first. well, the, yes, um, that was sold, I think, a while back because they're making both a movie and a series, I believe. Yeah, but uh, the story last week was Halloween was being shopped around, and somebody picked up Halloween to make it into a series. Yeah. It's going to be a, a winner like that Exorcist TV series. <laughs> Jesus. I've heard good things about uh, Bates Motel, but I never watched it. I oh, I watched, watched, the first, watched the first three or four episodes. And I Any thought, good? okay, aesthetically, they've got it right. It looks good. And I'll give this show a chance until Norman pulled out the iPod. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah you've taken me out of the 50s, 60s. <laughs> pulled me into the 2000s. Forget it. Well, Psycho 4 was such a great send-off for the character. I don't know how you could try to bring him back. Mm, yeah, Psycho 4 is all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> for a TV movie. Uh, I've really started to like Psycho 3 a lot. I've just how freaking insane that movie is. I've never really cared much for it. Even though my brother keeps saying all the time, you got to watch Psycho 3, watch it properly. It's a good movie. And I've watched it maybe about... Six weeks back, I said this. This ain't too bad. It's, it's as you know, dumb as a brick, but it's still a fun watch. But when I compare it to Psycho Two, it's a shit movie. But if I take it as a standalone Psycho movie, it's fun to watch. I, I like all three of the Psycho sequels. I've said Psycho Two is the greatest horror sequel of all time. It is absolutely outstanding. 
I just reposted our episode from the archives on Psycho 2. Available now on your auto-downloaded episodes. Listen to it while having some milk and sandwiches. (laughs) That fucking movie with all the damn sandwiches. Yeah. You smell like toasted cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Like my mother used to make when I was ill. That's such a great movie, though. It really is. It is, yeah. But uh, back to part two in the Friday the 13th franchise. Uh, let's get to the cast. Amy Steele is the, or I should say, yeah, Amy Steele plays Ginny. John Fury is Paul. Adrian King reprises her role as Alice. Kristen Baker is Terry, uh, wearing that Mickey Mouse shirt very well. Uh, Stuart Charno is Ted. Warrington Gillette played Jason. Walt Gorney reprises his role as Crazy Ralph. Marta Kober played Sandra, the 16-year-old. Uh, she didn't do too much uh, after this. She did like. Red. <laughs> <laughs> A terrible movie, Red. Her last credit was in 95 in an episode of Law & Order. Uh-huh. Uh, Peachy, she played. Hold on a second. That's right. She's in Slumber Party Massacre 3. She also did an episode of Full House in 1992. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving uh, on from this girl. <laughs> Tom McBride played Mark. Bill Randolph was Jeff. Lauren Marie Taylor was Vicky. Betsy Palmer reprises her role as well. She's basically just in the flashbacks as Mrs. Voorhees. Jack Marks was the cop. Steve Dash also credited as Jason. There was a few Jasons in this. Yeah. Jerry Wallace is listed as the Prowler. So maybe, I don't know, Jason Prowling in some scenes. Maybe some of those POV shots, maybe. Maybe. I don't know who else would be the the Prowler. This isn't the Prowler film. (laughs) But yeah, that will about do it for the cast. Synopsis. Five years after the events of the first film, A summer camp next to the infamous Camp Crystal Lake is preparing to open, but the legend of Jason is weighing heavy on the proceedings. So that's right. I think uh, when we talked about the original last year, Stu, I think you talked about uh, the timeline in the Jason franchise and how messed up it is. Mm. Because the second one is five years after the first, and then uh, there's also... We might have even mentioned it on a, a part three episode, Brett. Yeah. Uh, between, was it between five or sorry, between four and five is like a 10, 15 year jump or something? Because uh, yeah, Tommy Jarvis yeah, think, has to grow up. I think two, three, and four all happen like the same weekend. <laughs> and then, yeah, part five is uh, at least five years later. Because I think he's supposed to be. 12 or 13 in the part four and then like 17 or 18 in part five. And then um, I guess part six isn't too much longer after that. And then there's a big jump to part seven. Part seven is like 20 something years later. (laughs) And uh, part eight is uh, maybe another 10 years, five or 10 years after part seven. I don't know. I, I forget how it all goes, but yeah. By the time they're in part eight, it's supposed to be like 2005. 
Like if you like add up the years between like the the actual events in the movie, sure, just ridiculous. They should never have done that. They should just <laughs> shut their mouths and don't say oh five years ago, Jason. Just nothing. They should have just said some time back ago, Jason, and that's it. I I could see like when they had Tommy Jarvis in there in multiple movies, and like you wanted to age him up or whatever, then like you got to jump time jump, but. But even like from one to two, one to two is a five year thing. But like right. at the end of one, Jason is a, still a child, even though he drowned 20 years earlier. But now he's like a, a young man. Didn't Feldman kind of force their hand because he's not in part five? I forget there was there a, a disagreement between well, the two parties. Part four was the final Friday. Oh, man. Have you guys just, I'm sorry to steer off course for a second. Have you guys seen that video doing the rounds on YouTube of Corey Feldman and he's banned on stage? Oh yeah. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. One, Ascension millennium. No, 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 no. It's the one from about a few days ago when they're playing an outdoor festival. Oh, it's outdoor. an absolute train wreck. <laughs> I've, not, I've not seen that. He gets on stage and the guitarist has forgotten to plug his guitar in, so they have to start all over. And Corey's angry, <laughs> and he's yelling at some woman on the keyboards, and they start over. And there's people audibly <laughs> laughing. Yeah, he <laughs> always has a, an angel on the keyboards, doesn't he? Never fails. It's a tra- it is a train. It's a fascinating train wreck to watch. You can't you can't take your eyes off how bad it is. I'm surprised he hasn't been back here to Crypticon for the convention. You know, get some. He's got to need the money. Who show? Who show did he go on to call the police to report his uh, his molestation? And they're like, "Dude, the statute of limitation expired like ten years ago." <laughs> Not for Russell Brand, it hasn't. <laughs> Things be uh, no statute of limitation there. Mm-mm. But no, there was, it was only a few years ago, I think, where Feldman was having parties at his house, and he was basically selling tickets. You could get in for you know a certain price, and then out of the pool, he had these quote unquote cabanas set up, which was just you know curtains separating some pool chairs and like a table and shit. And if you paid like I think it was like two thousand dollars or something, you got one of those. You might have gotten some service or something or other, but it was basically just come pay two thousand dollars to party at Corey Feldman's house. Well, he was trying to be the next Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Well, he got married, right? He got married again he's within the past couple married years. married a few times. Yeah. 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 He can finally uh, move on now that Schumacher has passed, right? What are you implying there? <laughs> that he got buggered by Schumacher. No. I don't think uh, Lucas was the only film with Crisco on set, is my, my implication. Yeah. I forget he he did name somebody, but I don't remember. It wasn't like a memorable name. Lucas should have been renamed Lubus. <laughs> uh, that's one of those things with the, the Charlie Sheen story. It's like God, that is the Crisco aspect. It's like it's so far fetched, but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't know how you make that up. It's one of those things that's so crazy. It just might be true. Well, in Melbourne, they call that self defense. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Break into my house, you're getting it up the ass. 
Stu, I don't know if you've uh, seen some American news recently, but last week that guy got off, he was found not guilty, rather, for shooting a YouTube prankster who was harassing him at a, it was a food court at a mall, and he was just like holding up his phone to him, just being annoying, and he took out a gun and shot him. Good. (laughs) Very good. Oh, it's hilarious. Sick of these YouTube pranksters. I'm sick of (laughs) idiots like that. Just, you know, if you get a... If you get shot, well, you know. Yeah, tell that dumbass in England to come over to America and pull that shit. He wouldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wouldn't. Because the English are too polite. Please get yeah. out of my house, young black man. No, <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't work over here. It'd just be a cricket bat across the face. <laughs> you mean Australia, of course? Yeah. Oh yeah, of the course. cricket bat. We don't. We don't have those bat. in America. No. You just we still have, have our guns. You got your guns, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that uh yeah, that wouldn't work over here. All you gotta do is get into the wrong house. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you're in you're in a world of shit. <laughs> but what we're saying about part two, it uh, yeah, it does jump along the timeline, you know, by that five year thing, which they should have just left alone and just you know what nice. But anyway, we're gonna get into this thing because we've got a lot to unpack with this movie. Oh uh, yeah, we could just uh, start right off with part one's greatest hits. Recaps part one, uh, and then we see Jason's a long way from home. <laughs> yeah, because what? Well, okay, so Alice has moved on, but it's it's only a couple of months after the events of part one, because the five year jump is after Alice gets killed, right? I think so. Yes. So she's walking around her house, uh, getting a little creeped out, hears some noises, and then she looks in the fridge, and it's Mrs. Voorhees' head is in there. Then she gets an ice pick to the temple. Yeah. Why is Jason traveled to get her? What's <laughs> what's so special from... about her? <laughs> yeah. I have no because idea. her brother and sister, didn't she know that? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> There's a tie up to loose ends from the last movie. <laughs> and what's with the kid with the incy wincy spider? What what's that have any connection to a film? Yeah. Well, Jesse better get it in this house right now. I don't uh, know. It was, whole, it was weird because he makes no sense. Jumping through the puddles and then I, I don't know if it's to show like Jason was right behind him, but Yeah, because he steps off the, the curb. I don't know it was like a, a swerve that he wasn't going after the kid. He was going after the the girl in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they probably the just point? didn't know how to, to start it. Yeah. I'll tell you, this film could use a fan edit. As short as the film is, it could use a fan edit of just chopping and changing a few things and it'd be a uh, you know, Gone with the Wind, Wizard <laughs> of Oz style classic. But there's some, there's some editing choices that leave you scratching your head sometimes. Uh, we get the credits uh, following you, the ice pick to the head. Do you want to talk about how he takes the kettle off the stove? <laughs> That's it's right. Very, very courteous. <laughs> so, Wouldn't it have been easier to leave it on and let the house burn down? Well, how would he know to do that? He's been dead for 20 years. Yeah, a man Maybe. likes a cup of tea still. <laughs> never he made lives, it. He lives in a shack with the toilet in the middle of the living room. <laughs> 
Well, where's he gotten the clothes from? He hasn't gone to the store and bought them, has he? There's no online delivery back then, so... <laughs> I don't know. He must have some sort of cultural um, aspect to him. He has, he has different clothes in every movie, too. So it's... I don't know if he's just uh, taking his pick after all the counselors are gone or what. Yeah. Mm, but there are no counselors his size. Like he's a big nah. dude. He's a he's a monster. He's been hitting the roids in this one. <laughs> I mean, if this is if this is meant to be a how old are we gonna assume Jason was in the first one when he leapt out of the water? Sorry for the spoiler. About eleven? Twelve? If this is a so. seventeen year old if this is seventeen year old Jason, this is one big fucker, I tell you. He's been but making some serious work. I, I think that's one of the timeline things, because he drowned 20 years before the first one, so he shouldn't be 10 years old. But there's some implication that Alice dreamed him jumping out of the pool, out of the out of the lake, rather. So this would yeah. make so, him about 30, 37 then. Yeah. This is where the timeline shit really kind of screws up uh, yeah, the continuity of, if you think about yeah. it too much. I was thinking he could have been older than 12 jumping out of the water. But I'd say no more than 17. No, why was he 17 jumping out of the water? No, he looked prepubescent. No. Well, he's yeah. not getting the proper nourishment for, you know, <laughs> 10 years under the under the water. 20 years or whatever you want to call it. He was his growth was stunted. I think he's he's mystical. He's not he's not human. This is a timeline not even Stephen Hawking could work out, so please let's move on. Because I'm not going to give myself a fucking angry trying to work it out. I don't think we need to talk about how old he is, where he gets his clothes, <laughs> no. how he built his shack with indoor plumbing, maybe. I don't know. There's a toilet there. Whether it works or not, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. With the opening credits... We have the Friday the 13th logo exploding. Now, in part three, it kind of jumps out. It breaks glass, right? And it yeah. jumps out at you. 3D, baby. Yep. Yeah. 3D. I forget what the if the first one did anything. I think it just shows Friday the 13th. But were there some other uh, effects that they did later in the series that I'm forgetting about? So what did they yeah. do in like four, five, and six? I mean, six has the James Bond kind of intro. Uh, the barrel sequence. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, but they all had different ones. Yeah, they all different uh, effects during the intros. Um, in fact, they have some of the best intro sequences of like any franchise, in my opinion. Especially with the the music that they use on top of it. Yeah. Unlike Halloween, which has the same old repetitious song, which is good. I like it, but you know, by the time you got into around the fourth or fifth movie, you think, uh can't you do something different? Well, he jazzed it up for David Gordon Green. Yeah, Made something for the Zoomers. I've only seen the first one. I didn't even bother the last two. I hated that 2018 one. Well, it was that Rocky Dennis looking kid. I had, <laughs> I had, repre I had repressed the memory of that kid until the uh, AMC ran it as like a mystery uh, movie one time. And. Uh, yeah, I was reminded of him. And I'm like, oh, that's. That's why I didn't like this movie the first time. <laughs> Specifically because of him. Terrible. <laughs> Thank God he died. 
<laughs> in the movie. <laughs> uh, where do you guys want to go to next? My next note is that, you know, uh, Crazy Ralph reprises his role, but that's not the next scene, I don't think so. Well, it kind of is because it's, um, what's his name? Uh, the Jeff and Sandra, the dude with the newsboy hat and the underage <laughs> the girl show newsies. up. Yeah. And they, they, they car towed away. Yeah, they stop to make a phone call and uh, Ted shows up and uh, plays a prank. Well, he pays the gas station guy to tow their car away. But uh, yeah, crazy, uh, crazy Ralph was there riding his bicycle. Here, wait, 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 wait. Okay, go ahead. I'm right. All right, the old North Road, and then look for a Dairy Queen. Okay, and then uh, over. I told the others, they didn't believe me. You're all doomed. You're all doomed. Lucky Crazy Ralph didn't shoot him like that <laughs> YouTuber. <laughs> But yeah, we find out later there was just a prank from somebody who's already there at the the camp, right? That scene was created strictly to see that girl's ass as she ran. That's all it was. That some <laughs> some someone in that film crew had a serious heart on for that girl, but for all the wrong reasons, they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, they filmed the whole movie, I, I believe, under the pretext that she was of age. At the clip from uh, at the clip from uh, Sleepaway Camp, we call them baldies. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Hardy, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. <laughs> <laughs> That is seriously one of the creepiest lines I've ever heard in a film. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as too young. You're just too old. But James Earl Jones's dad thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, he was looking for that, you know, that money for that dental work. So he was thought anything was funny. <laughs> Extra fifty bucks teeth. a week, no problem. Gives five to each of the illegals working with him. Yeah. This is all you're getting, otherwise, you know, back over the fence for you. Yeah, I'm surprised Sleepaway Camp hasn't really had a, a renaissance. I mean, in popularity it has, but they haven't been talking about remakes. No, we did three hours on Sleepaway Camp. You guys can hear everything <laughs> about that. Because <laughs> this camp is, I guess it's it's like, a well, the whole weekend is, or I guess a couple weeks of training for these prospective camp counselors right but this is a this is a brand new camp now i was trying to figure out if this was like i've certain places online like imdb i think it talks about it or uh, maybe it's wikipedia like this is a a camp to train camp counselors like no it's a new camp they're just training camp counselors there like they made it sound like it was a camp just to train counselors and then they you know go wherever the fuck all to you know, camps across the country to do their counseling. No, I didn't. I didn't get that. I got that they got there early so they can do some training before the rest of the kids show up. Right. But I think there is like a sign 
God, what is this? I sign forget say? what the camp is called, but they find the old sign for Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, buried in the woods somewhere. Condemned. Well, it was just like laying in the in the brush. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, there was that tree that had fallen across the road and they had to move that out of the way. And uh, you get the, the prowler there watching them. And then uh, I, I forget which guy it is. Some guy shoots a slingshot at uh, Terry's ass. <laughs> because why not so we want to get to the I know I guess they're kind of introducing all the characters now basically everyone's showing up to camp Jenny drives her shitty VW right into the middle of camp <laughs> late shows up late yeah Paul Paul's kind of the, the lead guy and he's he's there basically Kind of doing the introductions and right running through rules and stuff and mm-hmm. explaining what they're gonna do while they're there. Yeah, Jenny and Paul were a couple, but they like didn't want people to know. And it was weird. But yeah, she uh she like asked him to, to look at his at her car and then like it just works. <laughs> <laughs> It was almost like she did something to make it like backfire and blow it black smoke, but then like it was just a prank on him. I don't know. Because yeah. I don't know if he actually did anything when he tinkered with the engine. Just to throw you off, it's all it is. The MacGuffin. I had a question for you. Throughout the film, we see it a couple of times. It looks like Who's they're... You? What's that? Who's you? Uh, sorry, Stu. You're right. It was two of us here, so it was you. <laughs> the royal <Not> a sheep. <laughs> Some of the characters are playing what appears to be Game Boys from 1946. What were those big tape recorder Game Boy looking things? No idea. I didn't play games. Those are like those old handheld electric games. But that like they were ColecoVision. Like, they were bigger than a much bigger than a VHS tape. It was in that. Yeah, it was 1981. Thing. Yeah, but I was <laughs> wondering what technology. The, but there was more PS5 than one of them back then. So it looks like a universal type of a machine. Well, it was like them Tiger handhelds that came out like ten years after that. It was like so the they, predecessor. They might have been playing some sort of game on it, like like Pong, where it was multiplayer almost. But I don't know if you could have with the technology back in the early 80s. I don't know if you could have connected those two. Because there was one scene had two of them. One was football, one was hockey, and then they were taking turns. Okay, that's what it was. But they looked the same from the camera's point of view. Yeah. Well, they, ex- they explained that verbally with their words. <laughs> <laughs> Says, uh, which one do you like best? The one with the puck. Oh, you mean hockey. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I must have missed that while I was writing all these detailed notes. <laughs> what do you want to play for? Position, she says to the guy in the wheelchair. The gay um... guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He really was gay in real life. I'm not surprised. Was he really in a wheelchair, though? That's the question. Oh, I don't know. Probably not. Probably just for the film. So <laughs> Jason can get him. He can't go anywhere. Push him down the flight of stairs. 
nothing spoils a party quicker than a drunk in a wheelchair, right? Guy drunk <laughs> in a wheelchair as well. <laughs> well, he was in training. He couldn't do anything because he was in training. <laughs> in training for what? Who knows? It's a boxing match. You know, you can't have sex like a month before the fight. Bullshit. Who the fuck said that crap? It's the, the Manny, Manny Pacquiao method. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> can't say something I subscribe to, but that's him. I think we're at our first clip here of the campfire scene. Yep. The legend of Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Blood. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness, full grown by now. Stalking. Stealing what he needs, living off wild animals and vegetation. Some folks claim they've even seen him, right in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claims she saw him. Disappeared two months later. Vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. That he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. By now, I guess you all know, we're the first to return here. Five years, five long years he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there, watching. Always on the prowl for intruders, waiting to kill. Devour. Thirsty for young blood. Jason drowned, Mrs. Voorhees was killed, and Camp Crystal Lake is off limits. Got it? Sorry, Paul is the leader, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Paul kind of lets everyone know that, hey, I'm going to give you a little break here. You you can get one more night out in the town, and then we're hitting the books. We're going to hit the ground running. We're going to do some real hard training, which I guess about half go to the bar and half stay home, but can't remember what happens before this. Yeah, they're just kind of hanging out before that. They're like having dinner or whatever. And then he says, who wants to go to town? It's last night. We're, we're going to go to town. And yeah, about half stay and half go. Maybe 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 about two thirds go. But there's uh, who stayed. It was um, Terry, 
Sandra, Mark, Jeff, Vicky, Scott all stayed back. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scott kept, kept trying to hook up with Terry. She wasn't having any of it. She also brought her dog with, and she's a terrible dog owner because she just like lets it go off by itself. But it's one of them little, uh, like Shih Tzu type things or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But when you got that Mickey Mouse t shirt on, you don't care about her capabilities as a dog owner. You're like, fuck the dog. I don't care. <laughs> she, she had a dog? <laughs> I, mean, I think we jumped ahead a little bit. But, anyways, there's a. It doesn't matter because this film fucking series jumps from everywhere. <laughs> so we can do the same. Anyways, but there's a cool uh, transition where they show the dog running up to Jason and then they do the uh, the transition to hot dogs on the grill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Cheap joke. That was clever. I forget. Was it Mark? That's kind of the, the class clown. He was doing all the jokes. Was that him? Mark, Mark is in the wheelchair. Okay. Who was doing all the jokes? Ted? Ted. Okay, it was Ted yeah, that the did ringer. the... Uh, yeah, he was the guy with the red hair and the big nose. What's brown and sits on a piano? Beethoven's last movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> they always got to have one guy like that. He's no Shelly, but he's... I was just going to say, he's the same as Shelly in the third one. <laughs> Tries to be Shelly's better. <laughs> Shelly's different because he's just riddled with fucking... Uh, you know, self hate. He just wants to get with that Mexican chick. <laughs> Talking about incels. Now that's an incel. In shell. <laughs> in shelly. Yeah. <laughs> they were going to go skinny dipping, but I'm not skinny enough. <laughs> uh, that's as bad as the one in part four when those uh, girls go skinny dipping and. Oh, Crispin Glover goes, oh, no, we have no suits. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sucking so bad. Now I think about it. Well, it's a little better than sleepaway camp when the girls just refuse to go skinny dipping. So the guy is just like, all right, boys, let's get in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So where are we at now? Are we splitting up, going to the bar, half staying back? Uh, Jeff and Sandra go to uh, visit Camp Blood while everybody else is swimming. Mm-hmm. They're caught by the head sheriff in charge. Yeah. <laughs> in the outdoor scenes, it looks like he's wearing jeans, but in the indoor scenes, he's wearing like uh, blue slacks. I was yeah. confused. Because like, why is he wearing jeans? And then they did a close up inside. And we're like, wait, those aren't the same pants he was wearing outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're certain that they switched the pants? Or did it just look? I was like going to notice, like, why is he wearing jeans with his uniform? <laughs> well, picturing it in my head, I'm. I thought he had jeans on. Yeah, they did a close up. Like, I was going to write the note down. Like, why is he wearing jeans? And then, like, he's in Jason's cabin, and they close up on him, and it's like, oh, those aren't actually jeans; they're just slacks that are blue. So I think he either it just happened to look like jeans from afar, or he changed between uh, shots. Of course, he did walk through a couple puddles. Yeah, you know, he probably got his pants a little wet. Mm-hmm. Man's got to have some pride in himself still. There's some foreshadowing here too, because Jenny puts a chainsaw in her closet in the cabin. Right, which is a good place to hide it. The a good place to store your chainsaw. And has uh, Crazy Ralph been killed yet? Not yet, but he's been lurking no. around. Mm-hmm. He's gonna warn him. 
I don't think he has. I don't think he gets killed till they all go to town. I think it's funny they, you know, they kill him here, and then in part three, like, well, we need somebody crazy to warn him, so they just have that random dude lay in the middle of the road with an with an <laughs> eye. I found this. There were other parts, but I kept this. It's a heed this omen and blah blah blah. <laughs> Pull mains, Ralph. Yeah, poor... the sheriff. The sheriff dies first. But they also find a dead dog, so that's another swerve because that's not Terry's dog, mm-hmm. as we find out later. Yeah, I must have been writing a note or something because I missed Jason running across the road. I guess because the sheriff gets out of his car and just starts booking it through. The... He is so out of shape. I was, I was that, that is creepy hard. seeing Jason <laughs> running across the road. Uh, the sheriff is not in shape. It's no. pretty funny watching him give chase. Then yeah, he meets his demise with a with a claw hammer to the back of the head. Yeah, he makes it inside. Probably sees the toilet and goes, "God, is that thing working?" <laughs> it's pounded over the head with a hammer. He does. I think he sees Mrs. Voorhees. He's in a state of shock, and then <laughs> yeah, I think his body is there at the end, uh, along with. Uh... I think Vicky's and then uh, another one that's like rotted, which may be Mrs. Warhe's body. I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, Jason uses a, a plethora of weapons in this movie. He's very, uh, very much a variety of kills. Machete. Hammer. Yep. Uh, pitchfork. Pitchfork. Spear. Spear. I don't know what he 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 strangles uh, Ralph. I don't know if it's barbed wire or just uh, uh, a grout wire or something. Yeah, it might have been razor wire, or grout wire, one of the two. I think he know. uses just a regular knife on one. Mm-hmm. You use what you got. Yeah, yeah. he's a real bear grills. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's watched this episode on uh, making plumbing out in the wild. He's the original. Bear Grylls is the original. Is the uh, modern day Jason Voorhees? Is he uh, Australian? Who? Bear Grylls? I don't know. I he has an accent, doesn't he? I think he's British. British. Okay. Yeah, he's not Australian. I don't. Th- you know, when I think of outdoorsy type people, I never think of a Brit because they don't fucking have any outdoorsy places. Well, he was a, he was a either. fraud, anyways. I mean, you can go up to Scotland, but that's about it. He was, a, he was a fraud anyways. He wasn't actually surviving out there. Didn't he almost die that one time, though? Probably because he was drinking water out of bear shit. <laughs> I think it was a little more involved than that. but <laughs> He stayed in hotels overnight. Yeah. Those Survivor shows aren't real either. Because mm-hmm. they don't have huge lights <laughs> and electrical <laughs> equipment out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so some people just believe they're really out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, okay. No worries. That reminds me of another Whitest Kids You Know sketch where they're doing a documentary in the woods and the the subject gets stuck under a tree and so the camera crew just sets up and waits for him to die. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like eating pizza and stuff and drinking water out of bottles and (laughs) <laughs> like, let's set up for the time lapse. 
<laughs> the guy's just like begging him to, to get the tree off of him. <laughs> all right, let's start getting through all of the kills here because I know uh, Stu's a little short on time. Let's make sure we get through the plot here. So he kills the sheriff, head sheriff in charge. Yeah. Uh, then he gets Ralph, right? Ralph's next, yeah. Who's after Ralph? By this time, everyone's split up, I believe. Uh, I think Scott is next. Because So Terry goes skinny dipping and Scott steals her clothes. Mm-hmm. And then he steps in that rope trap and he's hanging upside down. Yeah. And she's got to go get a knife and like the lights don't work in the cabin and she takes forever and Jason Machete's Scott in the meantime. <laughs> we can't pause for a bit and just appreciate Terry skinny dipping. <laughs> Well, at that point, she had put her clothes back on. Well, I know, but I wanted to go back. <laughs> we can talk about her great body. That is one fantastic looking woman. Mm-hmm. Let's not lie. Similar body to uh, what I'm looking at now with Mary Millington there. Yeah. Put that Mickey Mouse shirt on her. It'd be looking great. <laughs> she didn't wear much clothes, man. She was a nympho. <laughs> a nympho, so she wasn't wearing much. Those clothes she's wearing that picture by law. For those of you wondering who Mary Millington is, you should check out an episode from the Men in Movie Cowboys discussing that very topic. Yeah. With Stu and the Neds. Yep. Tragic story that Mary Millington. Yeah. A waste. Always made me wonder about women like that who had men throwing themselves at them and they were still depressed and alcoholics. Mm hmm. Maybe it's the reason why she was one. Anyway, we're not talking about her. As fantastic as she is. There's too many gingers in this movie, I think. <laughs> what the fuck? Where'd that come from? <laughs> well, I just wanted to steer it back to well, the movie. How many, how many gingers are there? There's <laughs> ten. <laughs> There's, there, well, one is too many, okay? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You're... Ginny is a, a ginger. Yeah, Ted's a ginger. Ginny oh, is a strawberry blonde. That's right. It's a well, I'll let it slide, but she's very freckly though. Yeah. And she's wearing like a sweater the whole movie, so who gives a shit? <laughs> so if she had her norks out, she'd be a good ginger. <laughs> she'd get a pass, would she? <laughs> it's Friday the thirteenth. There's certain things I come to expect when I watch a Friday the thirteenth film. The sixteen year old was a ginger. No, she wasn't. She's was a brunette. Uh, she was a brunette. No. Oh brunette. Whatever. Yeah, who's the only one thinking? The of rest then? were brunettes. So what the fuck are you on about? The too many gingers. <laughs> There's too many sixteen-year-olds in here too. How about that? Well, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. <laughs> but one too many. Yeah, but sleepaway camps made up of fucking teenagers, and yeah, the heroines in the Friday Thirteenth franchise. We could almost rank them. But I mean, the first two aren't great. Oh, my favorite's the one from Part Eight. She's just outstanding. Ooh! Would I love to jump on her bones. Oh yeah. Mm. Part three, it's okay, but it's it's such a weird storyline with her and the you don't know if it's her boyfriend's like her cousin or her family friend or what, because they have that weird relationship about going to the same cabin and lake growing up and shit. And you're like, I don't know what you guys are. Mm. Part four. Well, part four was Corey. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he had a he had a sister in part for it, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did. I mean, yeah. I we're mean, talking like the main heroine, which yeah, I guess there oh, wasn't yeah. really a. All the heroine, heroine like until a drug. Seven. Oh, that's why I was mentioning Corey. Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean like a female? <laughs> okay, right. Corey Feldman and heroin go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess the next heroine is probably part seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, not for me. Yeah. Part eight's the best looking one still. Yeah. Part nine doesn't really exist in my mind. What the movie? No. Oh, it's... Part nine's just weird because it's just like, oh, Jason, he can just uh transfer his essence into other people's bodies. <laughs> I like part nine better when it was known as Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> or was it I forget I was I was talking to John about it before we recorded, and uh, oh, what, he he uh, compared it to that one um, Kyle McLaughlin movie. God, I can't remember what it's called now. Kyle McLaughlin made a martial arts movie. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an alien movie where they... It's like Fallen, but it's aliens. God, okay. I can't remember what it's called now. I'll look it up. Shocked he watched something besides a martial arts movie from Taiwan or something. The Hidden. Yeah, I've never seen it from 87. It's actually pretty good. But yeah. Uh, part nine is just like The Hidden. Play the bar clip now. <laughs> That's okay. where we are in the story. Okay. Yeah, this whole thing's ridiculous, really. You know, two of our kids got bowled in today. It was five years ago. Some girl panics and falls out of a canoe. It's absurd. What if there is a Jason? Oh, bullshit, Jenny. No, what if there is some kind of boy or beast running around Camp Crystal Lake? I mean, let's try to think beyond the legend, put it in real terms. I mean, what would it be like today? Some kind of out-of-control psychopath? A frightened retard? A child trapped in a man's body? <laughs> by now, right? Right. And you know, the only person I ever knew him was his mother. He never went to school, so he never had any friends. I mean, she was everything to him. Yeah. Deranged killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're missing my whole point. I mean, I doubt Jason would have even known the meaning of death. Or at least until that horrible night. He must have seen the whole thing happen. He must have seen his mother get killed. And all just because she loved him. I mean, isn't that what her revenge was all about? Her sense of loss? Her rage at what she thought happened? Her love for him? Bizarre, isn't it? And he must be out there right now, crying for a return. For resurrection. What do you think? I think you're drunk. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Hit us again, sweetheart. Not me. You know, Paul, I'm really serious about this, though. Jason's a legend, Jimmy. A legend. I had a little bit of a, uh adverse reaction to hearing it because it reminded me of our former third co-host. <laughs> Jason's a legend. <laughs> Jason's a legend, 
Uh, Good flashbacks to hearing that every episode. <laughs> I don't know, Stu. Did you listen back about five years ago when we had mm. a, a third regular co-host named Jason? No. Yeah, he wasn't very good. <laughs> There's still some good episodes that he's on and a part of, but it was good because I made fun of him to his face and he didn't understand <laughs> that I was making fun of him. <laughs> yeah, you guys had an, an icy relationship, and he also worked with us at our place of business. So, like, we'd see each other often, but it's not like we hung out outside of the show. It's like me and John and Hannah we don't speak outside the show. Um, so after uh, Terry dies, who's the next death after Terry? Isn't it the sixteen-year-old new boyfriend? Uh, Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark when he gets the machete in the head. Yep. Well, Vicky had to go out and put her brown panties on for him. Because nothing's hotter than brown panties. <laughs> and this is about the time Jeff and Sandra adjourned upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. At least they get a bed and not a hammock like in part three. Yeah. Hammock sex is the best sex. Is it? <laughs> According to what's-her-face in part three. I think it's the hammock. Look, it's an article about Tom Savini. We should read this. <laughs> read Fangoria. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the two upstairs get speared. Meanwhile, Jenny and Paul are heading back to camp. Everybody else is hanging out at the bar. It was a pretty good scene when uh, when Vicky goes to look for everybody else, and she ends up in the bedroom upstairs, and she finds Jason in bed with uh, with Sandra. And then she backs up to the wall and Jeff's just kind of hanging out there on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she gets stabbed with a knife. She's a, a pretty nice POV shot of that. Yeah, I didn't really uh, touch on it. It didn't register in my head when you mentioned earlier that she grabbed those brown panties. But I have a note here. It's like, girl goes back to her cabin to get the worst panties I've seen in film. <laughs> <laughs> They're like loose, too. <laughs> It doesn't matter as long as they come off. I don't care what color they are. <laughs> she asked Mark before before she went to the cab. She had asked Mark if everything works. <laughs> That's that. I mean, that is cruel. I mean, come on, the guys in the wheelchair as it is. Like, well, I'm not going to give you my give myself to you in case uh, you know it don't work down here. That's the guy's got it tough as it is. Brown panties woman. <laughs> it's not as bad if if you wear them well, right? You got to have the body to wear them. You know what I mean? Well, she she goes outside for like twenty minutes before she puts her pants back on. Like she goes digging in the glove compartment of the car, and <laughs> you think she's gonna get stabbed out there? If the panties are the size of a theater screen, then that's different on a fat woman, but they weren't so. It was okay. My point is, you know, you got to have the body to wear them. If you have the right body, you can wear fucking anything. Exactly. And if there's one thing I've noticed over the past couple weeks, it's that there's a lot of videos with this 
this girl, Britney Spears, I've heard of so much about. And I don't think I've ever realized before how she just has no fucking shape to her. It's straight down from her like armpits to her ankles. Like there's no, she has no hips. Has she has it always been like this? All of a sudden she just has no hips and it's just like a straight line. There's no definition. <laughs> you haven't adopted the Andrew Dice Clay method. Two tits a hole in a heartbeat. <laughs> Doing all these weird dancing videos. And I'm like, God, you know, she used to be the thing like 20 years ago. And it's like, uh, <laughs> what were we all looking at in those music videos? There's nothing uh, there. There's no yeah, shape. She, she was a lot better uh, 20 years ago. She was. Yeah, I agree. She definitely had more of a shape back then. I remember that I'm a slave for you video. Yeah. I'm pining after it. And now it's like, what the fuck is this? Also, she's stoned out of her mind 24-7 now. Yeah. It's also like if you rewatch Alien and you're watching Sigourney Weaver at the end and her weird panties and she doesn't have any hips it's like how are those things staying up it just feels like they're just gonna fall down to the floor <laughs> well don't you know she refused to shave her bush for that movie <laughs> that's what kept it up that was the velcro velcro bush <laughs> really really filled it out yeah <laughs> it was a feminist stance that she would not shave her bush <laughs> feminism all right uh so where do we get to now i guess it's about the time uh who, who, was it paul that's at the bar with everyone right well jimmy jimmy and paul get back to the cabin i just wanted to point out because who do they leave at the bar because he's like you guys are leaving already and he has like 14 beers in front of him. <laughs> It was Ted. Ted, right. And Paul says, you guys can stay till uh, bar close. And as soon as they're out of there, Ted goes, hey, you guys know of any after hours places around here? <laughs> sure do. Awesome. <laughs> we skipped over the best bit. What was the, the best film. bit? When they're all at the, uh, at the beach. And you got all the women lined up in bikinis. Oh, yeah, we kind of we skipped over that. It's more of a visual <laughs> scene, though. Well, it's a film. You're watching a film. Can't do it justice. <laughs> we just had a lineup of women. But you're right. Tell us about the 16-year-old. No. Well, she went off with uh, Ted to go look at Camp Blood. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And I'm not uh, keen on looking on 16-year-olds. I value my freedom. So, I can't believe Paramount oh. dropped the ball on that. I know it's like, what, 81 when they're making this? Well, hang on. She was actually seven. I'm, I'm, I was looking at um, the thing. She was born in '63, so this was filmed about 1980. She was just short of 18, so 16 is a bit. You know, we're sort of sticking the knife in the Paramount a bit there, and the people involved. Well, still, I mean, I mean, I guess you know, with the late '70s and people in the porn industry, it's like okay, there was a lot of that underage stuff going on. But this the is... rock, about the rock stars doing that shit that they're not yeah. going to tell you about. <laughs> Steven Tyler. You know, Those are Steven Tyler. Tyler you write a, you write a Led Zeppelin. So allegedly. Kiss, allegedly. I mean, it's just Ted Nugent. an endless cycle. Ted, Ted Nugent. <laughs> he didn't even hide it. He's like, just give me the papers. I'll get this 17-year-old. Oh, neither is Steven Tyler. He wrote, he wrote <laughs> in his memoir talking about his child bride. That's fuck. Yeah. Uh, that's 
Yeah, Steven Tyler, he he adopted his uh, underage girlfriend, so he wrote a bring her book about it and uh, have sex with her. And then forty years later, everybody uh, had a had a problem with it. (laughs) It was well known for decades. Yeah, well, so it wasn't uncommon back then, I dare say. And look at that! Look, what was that guy? That filmmaker. Oh, the creep, the French one. Oh, uh, what Polanski? Plans- um, Polanski, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think you're talking about that. Uh, well, he's Polish, but <laughs> the dude no, from Polish. Uh, he's French he's now. French. Who's the guy? Luke Besson. Luke Besson. <laughs> I thought you. Were oh no, about. no, I'm not talking about him. No. Same thing. I'm talking about Polanski. <laughs> that's how bad it is. You can't narrow it down by like, oh, that French guy. <laughs> Luke Besson's fucking him and his friends are dating twelve year olds. What the fuck are you doing? Jesus. We talked about that early on the professional episode. I ain't heard it yet. His wife at the time made a cameo in the beginning. I think she's like 21 or something, but they met initially when she was 12. She was dating his friend, I think it was. She was 12 dating his friend. And then they started dating when she was 14. That's insane. Yeah. So what what kind of social circles are these people traveling in? Like who's who's having a party, having a bunch of preteens over? Couples party, bring your best gal who's not even a fucking gal. She's not even a teenager. That's some Epstein Island shit, I tell you. But yeah, I played an interview with her and the producer talking about it, how it's no big deal because they're French. <laughs> I know you people in America have a problem with it, but in France it's no big deal. <laughs> it's normal. That's what we do things. If they're 18, they're too old. The the woman in question is talking about it. She's like, people don't think that a, a girl that young can love, but they can. It's true. And this is after she'd already divorced Basson. So you think she'd have nothing but negative Jeez. things to say about him. Right. And she's like, no, I loved my, my experience <laughs> falling in love with Basson at 14 years old. And they she had a kid by him at 16, I believe. 16 or 17. Yeah, got uh, married uh, around the same time, and then, and then he, you know, cheated on her with Mila, married Mila. You hear that sound, Eric? That's the FBI knocking on the door. I think we better move on. <laughs> uh, you mean? Uh, don't you mean Interpol? <laughs> Interpol, whoever, MI six, just move on. Let's see. Ginny and Paul get back. Let's find all the blood and look around. Jason tries to attack Paul with the spear, but he misses, and then they get into some fisticuffs. Jason and Paul. He gets blindsided by a nut shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason uh, eventually neutralizes Paul, and then Ginny, uh, she goes and hides in the bathroom, and she's like trying to hold the door shut, and there's a big like window in the bathroom and she's like trying to see if she can escape without Jason bursting through the door. But Jason's too smart. He like already is outside and he, he busts <laughs> through the window. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about the, the series is when Jason breaks through a window or a door or a wall and just like grabs somebody from behind. <laughs> Never gets old. Nope. I should stress 
point. I've just I've just stumbled across this about the last sixty seconds or so. There is a book about the making of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Mm. It's called Sackhead: The Definitive Retrospective on Friday the Thirteenth Part Two Paperback, released uh, the start of this year. By oh, really? That new one. R.G. Henning, the author is. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get it because yeah, it's my favorite. 277 pages, so it's pretty extensive. Mm, wow. And uh, go and buy this. Amazon, it's it's five-star reviews all across the board. It was one four-star, and there always is. What's the price but, on that? Uh, in a strange store, it's 32 bucks. But going by... This it says here in the US it is eighteen ninety nine. Mm, it's not bad. Yeah, I'll stick that in the old cart. Cause uh Yeah, I'll grab that. That's uh should be a good read. Add to cart. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd just put that out there for those who wanna No, that's uh, I had no idea. Neither did I. Do you think they'd have one, you know, for the whole series or Something like they that. They do. No, well, they do. There's Crystal Lake Memories by Peter Brack. Yeah, but book. I mean, yeah, I know where one you were talking about. But mm. last note I have, Jason is actually scared of the chainsaw. It's rattled. Oh, as you would. Well, you would think Jason would be, you know, kind of, kind of no sell it, you know. Well, he doesn't know his powers yet. That's <laughs> right. He's still coming to his own. That's why. It's an origin you know, story. So part three is the real. So I'm saying part three is the Goldfinger because you know it solidifies everything. The formula was cemented with part three. Do you think they knew that when they made part three? I doubt it. Probably not. With the hockey mask, no. I think they just thought, well, it's a hockey mask and it'll do. But mm-hmm. they uh, they opened the uh, the gold mine doors, the fort, the uh, Fort Knox, if you will. You must have tested that one. Well. Yeah, I don't know if it tested well. It's just a happy accident. Yeah. I don't know. Part three was all about that 3D gimmick. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I will say in 3D, that film is outstanding. It, it is really fun. plays well. Yeah. Surprisingly, the two the two best ones I found for that era, that 3D yeah, resurgence that came about in the early 80s. The best ones were Friday the 13th Part 3 and Amityville 3. Uh, Brett, in the Shot Factory box set, does it have the 3D version of Part 3? Yep. It does, but you need a 3D player and a 3D TV to watch it. Okay, because in the set I have, it has the 3D, but it has the you know the old school 3D with the glasses and whatnot. And it's actually okay if you're watching it on your TV, but I brought it to the theater, no. screened it for you know employees and friends and whatnot, and it did not look good. It wasn't going to never was going to. But I've got all the the home theater with 3D glasses, like eight pairs of them, and it it is insane. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the thing, though. It's like God, I. They don't have a lot of 3D Blu-rays and 4Ks like these days, you know? Nah, that's... So if I get a 3D player or something, then it's... Does 4K just have 3D, 3D capabilities built into no. it already? Uh, I, I so. mean, there might be so some gotta, plays that have it, but... The I gotta 3D... get a separate 3D player to play like 10 movies? You can get them dirt cheap these days, secondhand. The 3D but, players? 
Yeah. Yeah, 3D fad kind of faded away. It's uh kind of died maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. That was really a uh, early 2010s gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, you had uh and, and a lot of them were post convertible. Avatar ones. and Yeah, Avatar was the first Prometheus one pretty much. Which and... was tw- Prometheus was terrible. Just a terrible. I saw that in three D, actually. Well, the second time I saw it in the theater was my brother wanted to go. So I went and saw it in three D. Mm. It was fun in three D, but I mean I don't mind Prometheus. I don't hate it like everyone else does, but I know it's not a great film. Films like My Bloody Valentine were great in three D. Uh Final Destination four. And five were good in 3D. So wait, was the original My Bloody Valentine in 3D? No, no, the remake. The remake, yeah. I have the remake on DVD with the 3D. Mm. From my recollection, it plays okay. It looks okay, but still a DVD. But mm. And there's other ones as well. The Nicolas Cage film, uh, Drive Angry, I think it was called. That was mm. great in 3D. A lot of fun. So there, I mean, there was a period there where it was a big thing, and they did do a fairly good job. There were some movies that you got them in three D, and you thought, "What was the point?" There's no, right. there's a couple of, yeah. couple of wow pieces, and that's it, nothing else. It just didn't catch on with the uh, general public. It was mm-hmm. too much of a investment to upgrade all your equipment. Exactly. Yeah. The TV stations tried to do it with sports and whatnot, and regular television. It seems like, you know, that fad comes around every 10, 20 years and it's popular for two, three years and then it's nobody gives a shit anymore. And that's why marketplace people are selling 3D movies for next to nothing. And I mean, I've got a lot of them, but I'll just pick them up for five bucks each because you ain't going to get them again. How about the glasses? How much are those running these days? Well, I mean, we did the uh, rebuilt the house and built the upstairs. Obviously, we built the theater room as well. So we just got everything done, that one room, which is, Mm. I don't know. A lot. I'm not going to give the figure, but it was a lot. Yeah. A lot of money. And we just, me and the wife just agreed, look, if we do it, we do it right the first time. There's no adding on later. Just do it all now. So we got the high-end amp, the projector, biggest screen we could possibly fit in there, 3D glasses, everything, because that that was it. Didn't want to have to keep upgrading over the years. And actually... Uh, we got that done in 2014. I think it was finished in April or May. We just changed the bulb for the first time last month. So it ran nearly nine years. Oh, really? In the projector. So, And that, luckily, they gave us a spare hmm. when we bought this stuff. So it was just a case of get the projector down, me and, the, me and my two oldest boys, you know, put it on a little blanket on the floor and unscrew it, take the old bulb out, put the new one in, put it back up. We took... 20 minutes and that'll last now you know hopefully another seven or eight years yeah yes they're expensive but i mean you can still buy home theaters but i mean this is not a home theater episode i'm just i'm just saying about how while it may cost a lot you are getting a lot back in in return well i'd love to have it right at 13th part three tell you that yeah well come to my place come to the Australian. <laughs> Sit in the theater room and we'll crank it right up. Get all your 3D you want. Be there next week. Yeah, be, um, be careful what you're, you throw out there. He might he might take you up on it. Yeah, calm down, mate. 
Just wait till the painting's done, and uh, you never know. It should be next week. So let's try to wrap this up so Stu can get out of here. Uh, Want to get down to the final showdown between Ginny and Jason? Yeah. Ginny the ginger and Jason? So, yeah. You know what? You, you can you can knock the ginger all you want, but you'd be knocking them boots back in 81 <laughs> if you could. So spam me. Stu, I know you got a thing for gingers, and I yeah, you know, I know. So hey, yeah. I there's certain gingers. Oh, I I love. Okay, Julianne Moore, say no more. Okay, Ooh. Amy Adams, yeah. love Amy mm. Adams. You know, for a Friday the Thirteenth movie, I expect a, I expect less ginger. Okay, <laughs> this is the '80s. Okay, I want big. Well, not big, but. I want bold. I want bold, beautiful blondes is what I want. I want the three Bs. I thought you were going to stay boldies for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Where I come from, call them baldies. <laughs> we know you're, where your mind's at. No, it was your mouth. So I was like, I'm bold, bold, bold. Bold. <laughs> bold. <laughs> oh, I want boldies, boldies. Not baldies, boldies. What? want less diversity. <laughs> 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 you know what you, you can say about oh i want bold beautiful blondes i don't discriminate brunette blonde, bold <laughs> you said bold. you know whatever you know what i mean blonde brunette redheads i've never subscribed to the oh i just like this oh i just like this one. that's fucking stupid you were killing neither off do i it's really, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Terry is brunette in this film, and she is spectacular. Yes. So Jenny's running through the woods, and she happens upon a a shack, some shelter yes. she can take refuge in. Right. Yep. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so yeah, she's hiding around in there, and Jason comes in, but she has the bright idea to put on. Jason's mother's sweater, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that probably stinks to high buggery, but yeah, put it on. Why not? Been in that, uh, oh, what, what do you call it? It's like a shrine. It's been in that shrine for five years. Mm-hmm. Sitting next to the decomposing head and body, <laughs> which are separated. That head would not even be around in five years. It'd just be dust. It'd just be, well, the skull would be there, but. Well, well he kept skull, it but... in the fridge for a while. Remember? <laughs> Did you miss the beginning? <laughs> Preserved it in the fridge. <laughs> Are you saying he, he lived in that woman's house for five years? <laughs> and then well, he went back and uh, built his own cabin? With electricity. That's why he took the, <laughs> the kettle off the stove. He didn't want a fire to start because he was living there. He didn't want anybody coming down and Ruining his, his squatting opportunity. Maybe he should have had the cat with him in, in the cabin. You know, the cat that jumps in and does the jump scare at the beginning. Right. Uh, Jason is only fooled for about five seconds or so. He snaps out of it. Do you, do you like uh, this scene with the her, her pretending to be the mother and Jason buying into it? I'm indifferent. I th- I think it's fine. It's whatever. I love it. Never get tired of it. No, there you go. So, Brett, you don't like it or what? Uh, 
I think it's kind of dumb, but I don't I don't necessarily hate it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's plausible enough that Jason would. Jason's pretty fucked up. I mean, I think he'd believe most anything. He's pretty obsessed with his mother. It's like Anthony Perkins level obsessed. And I, I mean, I could make that leap just because he's a supernatural being anyways, basically. He may or may Mystical, not be. Right? He, well, it's kind of implied that he's an R word. <laughs> Aids Regi- dummy says he, he registered. Strong, he wasn't a strong swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> to save the day, what Paul comes in. Yep, they get another fight. Gives Ginny the opportunity to get a hit Jason with the machete in the neck or shoulder area. And she takes his mask off, but they don't show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his face. We get the uh, middlehead Jason. It just reminds me, though, the water buffalo from Apocalypse Now getting the machete treatment. Oh, yeah. I remember in school one time that somebody... uh I don't know why, but some there was a Hmong kid who brought in a video of a Hmong wedding or something. Was he in Gran Torino? Well, they <laughs> this was before Gran Torino. Okay, but they they rolled it too long because they got to the part where they were doing the the butchering of the buffalo or the cow mm. or whatever, <laughs> and they just, just like all of a sudden you show a, a guy taking a machete to a cow and just like hacking it. <laughs> And they're like, oh, it stopped. I'm <laughs> supposed to see that part. It was like an elementary school or junior Oof. high or something. Not Woodbury. That's not acceptable. <laughs> There's a lot of mungs in Woodbury. I know, but I'm saying that that kind of thing, not acceptable for the cake eaters in Woodbury. We're very accepting of diverse cultures. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. All right. Um, machete through Jason. Jason is done for the time being. Well, they go back to the cabin, Paul and Jenny do, and Muffin the dog shows up. Been wandering around this whole time. Jason did not kill the dog. Just the owner. <laughs> so the dog's now going to spend the rest of his life looking for the owner that's now dead. So why bother showing the dog coming back? But it, it kind of ends with, uh, so Jason jumps through the window and grabs Ginny. And then it, it cuts to white. And then all of a sudden, Ginny, it's morning. And Ginny is on a stretcher being put in an ambulance saying, where's Paul? Where's Paul? Mm-hmm. They try to make but, it a little bit like part one again. with the, yeah, yeah, it's the exactly dream. the part one moment. And then they do a close up on Mrs. Voorhees' head. And that's it. And then we see this all again. In part three for the first five minutes. <laughs> when did they stop those recaps? Was it part four they stopped them or was it part five? It's either five or six. I don't I think remember. there was any recap at the start of five. There may have been at four. I don't remember. I'm not well, I've not seen it for what three or four years, I guess. So I think two, three, and four have on five. Well, five's the new beginning, start... so they they wipe the slate clean basically. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new beginning. With a fake Jason. Yeah. Well, fight might just start with him hanging from the uh, the barn. Or is that part four that he starts hanging? I don't remember. That's four. Because he was be hanging four. from the barn in part three. Mm-hmm. That's so right. It ends. So it's either four or five. I think four might have one, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Three is though, definitely the one I've seen the most out of all of them. Five and six like, don't have a recap. No. Six just starts with Tommy going to the grave. Yeah. To the graveyard. With, with I'm going to go kill him again. With what? Tommy and Horshack going, <laughs> going to dig up Jason to double kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so we're pretty much done with this. I yield the floor to you, Stu. This is your favorite Friday the 13th. Anything yes. you want to discuss before we rate it? Uh, any other thoughts? No, none that, that comes to mind. Watch it, obviously. You can really watch this one without watching part one. Agreed. Because you're going to get the recap anyway at the start yeah. of yeah. part two. So you don't need to well, suffer through part one. <laughs> the, the effects make the first one enjoyable and some of the late 70s aesthetic but yeah i always always feel like part one's like an outlier like i I don't necessarily think of it as part of the series like it's not a jason movie so i don't really consider it part of the jason series it's the season of the witch or the friday the 30th jason provides the biggest scare in part one though Hmm. but it's not the real jason i don't I consider that the real Jason. Not my Jason. Hashtag not my Jason. His appearance doesn't change all that much in two and three. Like when you see the the flashes of him without the mask, you know. Uh well in part one he's like twelve years old and after that he's a grown man. So his appearance changes quite a bit between the first one and the second one. So you're saying there's a huge difference between a a twelve year old R word and an eighteen year old R word? <laughs> Well, one of them wears overalls in a plaid shirt with uh, <laughs> the sack on his head, and the other one skinny dips uh, with a bald head. A bit of a disfigurement, I guess. Uh, what would you rate this, Stu, on our scale and also the Minimum Movie Cowboys scale of 0 to 10? 0 to 10, I'll give this a a 10. <laughs> 10? Ooh, strong. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's um just... For me, it's not the fact of is the film great. It's not a great film. Is it enjoyable? Is it one I can revisit all the time? Yes, it is, and that's what I look for when I uh, when I rate this film. So, if it's a ten on the MMC scale, it's going to be an ASAP on yours. ASAP. That means now. Wow. <laughs> well, at least it's better than the <laughs> fucking zeros from Crocodile Dundee and, <laughs> and the ones or whatever the hell Die Hard 3 got or Die Hard 2 got. So, I don't even think you gave Die Hard 2 a, a 1. I think you gave that one zero also. Yeah, I must have been in a bad mood that day, I guess. <laughs> that can definitely... You got to quit watching movies 10 minutes before you start recording. You got to give it a little... You got to let the film breathe a little bit. Well, when you got my work schedule, come back and tell me that, Tim. Well, what's to stop you from watching it the, the, the previous day's morning? Nah, I'm not doing that. I'll forget <laughs> about it. I'll just go, I don't remember that bit. I don't remember that. <laughs> Shit doesn't last long. My head goes in, it, it drops out. Uh, that's why, that's so, why you got to take some notes. God forbid you write down some stuff to remember. I'm not writing stuff down. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Remember the Sleepaway Camp episode? You were going to give it a zero. And by the end of the episode, you already gave it a five. Bet you when you revisit it, it'll be up to an eight. That proves your theory correct. Yeah, it was going to be a zero initially until the next day when I did a bit more information and uh, looking 
around on YouTube. I thought, well, it's not too bad, actually. So, mm. yeah, you are right that way, but um, just become a lazy fucker these days. Mm. You'll probably enjoy it more the, on the second watch. Which one? Sleepaway Camp. Probably, yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I just thought it was mid. Yeah. So. But this one I have seen. I've seen this one so many times. I, I would say I've seen this one about 75 times at least. Sure. And it's not a joke. Uh, Brett, what would you rate it? I would give it a uh, 7 out of 10, which is a very solid WTM eventually. Eventually. I concur. You're the exact same rating. Eventually. Also be three and a half stars in Letterboxd. I thought I was going to like it a little bit more. I guess you could say I was slightly disappointed on the revisit, but I just, I still liked it. Too it's, many changes, man. I couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just not the right kind of gingers. That's that's my whole point. You can't tell me that you were excited about the heroin, Amy Steele. She was she, fine in it. Yeah, she was fine. No, she was fine. But I'm talking. You know, we didn't compare her to Terry or the or the 16 year old. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, I think one of the other girls should have been the main the main girl. Yeah, but you know, she's fine in the role. Pain. She's a fine actress and. Played the part well. Can't have everything you want. Yeah. But I want to be lusting after the heroine. <laughs> she was into older dudes. <laughs> there you go. How old was Paul in those? Like 45? <laughs> uh, See, when you're a 45-year-old guy and you got, what, what's this woman, 20, 22 maybe? <laughs> you ain't worrying about gingers and shit. You ain't being picky. <laughs> IMDb doesn't have a year of birth for the guy who played Paul. Mm. Uh, let's get into some fun facts, I guess. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. According to co-producer Dennis Stewart Murphy, the idea to have Jason wear a burlap sack over his head in part two came from their costume designer, who figured it was the type of readily available item Jason could have conceivably and easily procured. Makes sense. Here's a fun fact. There is a popular internet debate concerning the fate of Paul. In the opening scene of Part 3, there is the suggestion that he does indeed survive the events of Part 2. During the opening scene of Part 3, there is a news broadcast that says there were eight victims. Now, assuming all bodies were actually found, there were eight on-screen deaths in Part 2. Terry, Crazy Ralph, Sandra, Mark, Jeff, Vicky, Scott, and the cop. Or the head sheriff in charge, if you will. This would imply that Paul does survive. Alice from the original film is not murdered at the camp, so she may not be included in the news broadcast body count. But Paul says she, quote unquote, went missing, so her body may be on the grounds somewhere. But you could say, like, well, that was, you know, basically five years before part two. She might have been the decomposing body in the uh, shack, though. Hmm. That wasn't Mrs. Voorhees. It could have been Alice. Yeah, but you'd think Mrs. Voorhees would be decomposed, same as her, if it's been five years. Yeah, there was one that was decomposing, and then there was the cop and Vicky were fresh. Like to go in fresh. <laughs> uh, the first Jason scene in the movie is a shot of Jason's legs walking across the street towards Alice's house. This is the only time in the series Jason was played by a woman, Ellen Lutter, the film's costume designer. Oh, wow. 
Didn't know that. She has a very masculine walk. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Both this film and Halloween 2 feature their villains killing a law enforcement officer with a hammer to the head. Although Mr. Garrett in Halloween 2 is a security guard, not a police officer or, or deputy. Both movies were also released in 81. This film in May, Halloween 2 in October. Probably because Halloween's in October. A bit like Friday the 13th. When you're doing your Friday the 13th episode, right? For a release date. That is correct. Yes. Okay, I'll save it for Friday the 13th. I'll post it <laughs> Friday the 13th, 2023. It's weird that you announce it on this episode because by the time they hear it, it'll already be out. Mm-hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that wild? <laughs> According to director Stephen Miner, the ending where Jason attacks Ginny through the window is not a dream, which also gives us a mystery as to what happened to Muffin. Hmm. Steve Miner just throwing us for a loop, I guess. <laughs> this timeline is just rooted. It really is. <laughs> yeah, there's not really any rhyme or reason. It's no one that Sean Cunningham said, screw the lot of years. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with the rest of it. Yeah, but ever since then, it's like every couple of years. Cha-ching. I wonder what they did because they, you know, apparently they sold movie rights and TV rights. So I, I wonder how Cunningham fits into this. What is the go with this thing? Is it, it's in limbo still. Well, it has been since 2009. Yeah, but the, like, like we said, though, there's going to be a TV series and a movie now. There's been. Yeah, some... but I've heard, I've heard, oh, there's going to be another this one. There's going to be another that one. And they never eventuate. So. Well, apparently it was official. I, I mean, everything's up in limbo now because of the strikes or, you know, one of them just kind of ended, but you know, apparently that's what they're doing. I thought maybe even Peacock was going to happen. You know, when, you know, when I'll believe it, when I see it. <laughs> yeah. When it's there for me to watch this, when I'll believe it. Better uh, be in 3D, that, damn it. Yeah. It won't be in 3D, but it's a matter. They already got the, the best one in 3D. Here's another fun fact. Ginny finds the body of crazy Ralph in the pantry. In the first film, Ralph is also found in the pantry, but not dead. During the scene where Jason is chasing Ginny and she jumps out of the woods, uh, Steve Daskowitz ended up falling on the pickaxe and breaking his ribs. Another time he was knocked out. And another time Amy Steele actually cut his finger while shooting the ending scene where she fights him with the machete. You know, going to the hospital, getting stitches and returning to work. Jeez, vicious ginger. <laughs> they do say they fiery. <laughs> Here's another fun fact. This is a weird one. Jason's original name was Josh, but screenwriter Victor Miller <laughs> decided that wasn't scary enough. That so they changed is it to not Jason. Gonna work. <laughs> Josh Voorhees. <laughs> I just yeah, nah. Here's a question. If they do make a new Friday the 13th, do they acclimatize it to the current situation? You know, you can't say this, you can't do that. And you have to have this and you have to have that. I mean, I think they would. That wouldn't necessarily be the focus, but I think they'd just follow the Scream footprint or Halloween footprint, if you will. Well, it worked for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. They're also kind of following the Halloween blueprint because it's basically the same as Halloween, but well, it's mm-hmm. better than Halloween. Well, 
the Sally Hardesty character is the exact same as Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Old lady, they killed her though. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Did they though? I mean, they ran her through with a chainsaw, and then she comes back and just fucking does some more fighting with Leatherface. It wasn't even Sally Hardesty. They got a new actress to play. Her. <laughs> yeah. She'll she'll be old old lady white to me from now on. <laughs> OLW. <laughs> Have you, have you heard me tell that, that story, Stu? When I was in What's high that? school, we had a we had a lunch lady who she she almost looked like Eddie or Winter, uh, but she had her, her hair was like all white, and she wore white like nothing but white, and we called her Old Lady White or OLW for short. Yeah, and uh, my friend had this theory that if you dropped a quarter anywhere in the uh, lunchroom, she would hear it and she would go pick it up and he put it to the test she was on the opposite side of the lunchroom and he threw a quarter down in the corner by the uh the vending machines on the opposite side she immediately started walking and she walked right up to that quarter and picked it up and put it in her pocket nice good on her but uh you're dumb enough to to throw money to see if she's going to do it and she does it well that's your loss and I'm it a massive a science... winter fan anyway, so good it on her. It was a science experiment. But uh, the the actress that plays uh, Sally Hardesty in the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre looks just like her. Oh, really? Yeah. I think she's in a Rob Zombie film, isn't she? One of the newer ones? Wasn't Sherry Moon, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> she's always, she almost looks old enough, but... She was in The North Man. I know that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's in the Northman. She's in the latest Texas Chainsaw, you say? Yeah, the one that was on Netflix last year. Right. What was that called? Texas Chainsaw. Is that it? It's Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. I thought this it... is what it's called. Oh, really? I thought it was just yeah. a Texas Chainsaw. I think it's different from the original because the original Chainsaw is two words and the new one, it's one word. Oh, I see her. Yeah. Yeah, she's a bit blonde. Yeah, she's got a very Scandinavian name. Owen, Alvin Fora, Fia. Yeah. Uh, part of this tidbit I did know, but I didn't know all of it. Uh, throughout the final scene, the mummified head of Mrs. Voorhees is noticeably an actress wearing makeup rather than a fake head. The final shot is a close-up of the head, ending in a freeze frame before the credits roll. Originally, the shot ended with Mrs. Voorhees opening her eyes and smiling, but at oh, the last that minute, kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> but at the last minute, Steve Miner, uh, Steve Miner decided this effect was hokey and cheapened the movie's impact. No, no, I don't know about release, that. Release I, that cut. I thought I, I saw her that. twitching a little bit. Yeah, she I thought, does. I thought yeah, it was you're right. Yep. You're right, yep. Brett. She does twitch just the slightest. But... I don't. I don't want to see her smile. I do. I'll bring it. <laughs> Maybe like post part three, I would. Like if if that was at like the end of part six or something, that would totally fit. I think. I mean, there's a lot of humor ah. in this one too, but I don't know. It seems that like, need you know, to be they... humor. That would have creeped the shit out of me. Her smiling. Something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it would have well, been the part I mean... one moment. Not expecting Jason out of the water. You would have got Mrs. V- Mrs. Vory smiling <laughs> and opening her eyes. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're dumb. 
when she released that cut, <laughs> put it in theaters. I'll be I'll be lining up for about six months before it comes out to see that. Yeah, but now with all the Phantom Menace people. Yeah. Fuck Star Wars. I can't stand it. Seriously. <laughs> I can't stand it. Someone says to me, Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Trek. By a mile, Star Trek. Speaking of Star Trek, Ted has brought several versions of a pocket computer. Uh, it is MB's handheld computer Microvision, the first of its kind with interchangeable modules. At minute 2810, the computer's only licensed game can be seen out of focus. Star Trek Phaser Strike, also the first electronic Star Trek game. At minute 4722, it becomes clear that Ted has not understood the module system. He has at least two of the handhelds with him here with the modules football and hockey. So that's what it was. MB's handheld computer microvision. Handheld computer in the early 80s. They're living in the future. Fancy. Fancy. About this actress, Adrian King. Oh, I was going to move on. Do you have more to say? No, I was going to say they should have just had my uncle's game. But, uh... Was that the one that you're giving an abortion to somebody? Yeah, Jerry's abortion. I <laughs> <laughs> should have been playing that. Uh, <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> Crazy. Here's a fun fact. Uh, okay. Uh, actress Adrian King, uh, who played Alice, explained how her death, the ice pick scene, was filmed on Facebook. It's an oddly worded statement. Um, it was a retractable ice pick that was not tested before use. The first time the ice pick did not retract. Second take, the lazy prospect, not Jason, had to aim for the hole in my face. Oh. (laughs) So she got stabbed for real with the ice pick. Multiple times. I know there was a thing where it was uh, explained why there was only a few minutes of Alice in this film. Yeah, but, uh, apparently the conversation. Wanna... I yeah, skipped you... over that, but it was like she had been, uh, she had stalkers based on the, that's the first right. movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, but apparently the phone conversation she has is real, and uh, in the in the first part, and they didn't uh, tell her how she was going to die, so they're just like kind of, she was just kind of winging yeah. it, everything, you know, the whole scene basically. Yeah. I wonder what you would have done. Maybe what two days shoot at the most. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it wouldn't no more than that. So she didn't do any on-screen work after this one, but she did some voiceover works uh, more than fifteen years later. Probably still dealing with a stalker issue, I guess. Here's a fun fact. I know everyone was wondering about this. To this day, it is still unknown whether it was Ginny or the rat who urinated under the bed. But Amy Steele revealed in the interview that the pee was actually Coca-Cola. Yeah. I assumed it was the rat because it was by her face, wasn't it? (laughs) Pretty much. All right, I think that will do it. Uh, Stu, any final thoughts? Why don't you tell us what is coming up next on the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast? No idea. No idea what we're doing. <laughs> no idea. We just yeah. being shit as we go along. Yeah. Are you still going to do an, another Doctor Fibes the the sequel? Oh, we were going to, but then 
Yeah, yeah, long story. I got lazy. John was sitting there going, when are we doing Dr. Fibes? Ah, tomorrow. I never <laughs> turned up. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe that one. Um, you, you said you were going to do a Willard and Ben double uh, feature, weren't you? <laughs> You're lucky I'm not on camera, is all I'm saying. <laughs> See, the last tidbit, he probably loved learning about the rad, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, Michael there's Jackson's no there's no film. part of there's no part of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two that you fast forward not not a single one. <laughs> no, because I can deal with that. <laughs> I can deal with that bit. It's, uh, yeah, it's not as bad as the first Doctor Fibes one. That's for sure. I have to fast forward that. That's ugh. no thanks. Anyway, we're doing uh, pieces the three of us with mm-hmm. you two. Um, film I've never seen. I do remember the video cover very vividly what it looks like, but I've mm-hmm. never seen the film. So I actually am looking forward to seeing that if I can find it somewhere out there in the ether. Uh, anyway, midnightmoviecowboys.podbean.com. Uh, the website, if you go to midnightmoviecowboys.com, for some reason it don't want to work. We had issues with that, which we finally patched up and had a workaround. Still got to go into there and see if we can get the actual old address active. But for the moment, midnightmoviecowboys.podbean.com will take you to the website. You can get all the episodes there. Um, That's basically about it. Not much else. I don't know what they've done. They've sort of decided to integrate their name into ours, but we've paid for that name. So I don't know. It's um, it's it might my, my my attitude is it's working for the moment at least that'll do. Yeah, it's better. Than the nothing. website isn't as important as the, as the feed in on Podbean because that gets you on all yeah. the podcast apps. Yeah, so you know, you but with the, I mean, you can get the back catalog through Podbean, right? But you can also get it through your website. Get it through your website. You won't get every single episode through. I don't know much about the Podbean app. I I really don't. I've not got it. But if you're going to go through Apple, there is only the last 25 episodes you can get. We don't keep every last hundred. Is it 100 or 20? I think we've limited to 25. Really? 25? Yeah. It was 10 at one point. I thought, oh, I better make it a bit more than 10. But I don't think it's the last 100. I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's set to 25. Mm. So um, pretty much a way to get an incentive to people to get there and download and before they go, Oh, I've got a hundred episodes before they start disappearing. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our upcoming recording of pieces with your podcast and, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on Italian? the show. Oh, you're welcome. Is that an Italian it, film? It's Spanish actually, but it's, it's like a, it's a oh. Jalo film, but it's Spanish. Oh, Takes place in America, filmed in Spain. <laughs> the only things that should be, Spanish should be luchador wrestling. <laughs> That's all I care about. They don't even do wrestling in Spain. I don't oh, know. Mexico. They, they Spain, Mexico is all the same. <laughs> Cuba. <laughs> they don't look the same. Probably not. All right. I guess we can wrap this up. Uh, Brett, where can people go to support the show financially but buy some lovely merchandise? 
you can go to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or read at positivelywolf1, which is also Thanks. his letterbox profile. Mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. Uh, Stu, what is your letterbox profile <laughs> that you use constantly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the real rebel, R-E-E-L, rebel, but don't bother looking for much there. I, I went through a period where I, was, I would write everything and I just, no. Nah. My kids do letterbox all the time. As soon as they watch something, they run letterbox. I thought, no, nah, no. Nah. Can't be bothered. Get on I don't, I don't bother. Fun. I don't bother with social media. I don't bother with Letterboxd. Yeah, I ain't shit to deal with. I'm yeah, barely see, on John's Facebook. reviews or Zolly's reviews or Hunter's. Yeah, even care. Zolly's on there now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Nesbitt. He's on there a lot as well. Oh, is he? Oh, I'll have to start following the Nez. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm on social media, but... Mm. I'm not that much. <laughs> Twitter is nearly nearly up to seven years before I've uh, mm. my last post on there. Right. Well, please rate and review our show and the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast on pretty much any platform. We'll take rates and reviews any way we can take them. Also, subscriptions, those always help. Other than that, we will check you later. I guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye. Dork, man. What are you talking Chicky about? Chicky later. Chicky later. <laughs> hey, man, you're off my case. If you're a woman, don't use perfume. And uh, keep clean during your menstrual cycle.